0: Good morning church. Good morning. It's good to have everybody here. Thank you for coming and joining us in this place today. God has given us a cold day, a beautiful day, a good opportunity for us to come in and share the warmth of the indoors with with him and with us and we are glad that you're here to be part of this. If this is your first time with us, welcome. There should be a connect card in the pew rack. Take that and fill it out. Let us know that you've been here and we'll try to respond the way that you would like for us to respond. If you have prayer concerns or you have other problems going on, you can write it on that same card and let us know and we'll be happy to respond to that. If you don't want to leave it in that card, write us online and let us know and we'll try to respond or just do the old fashioned way. Walk up here and tell me. That'll work too. But uh, any way that you need us to respond, we'll be glad to do that. If you're joining us via live stream, welcome. We're glad that you are here as well. There are quite a few that do that. And we are always glad to have you go to the the address you will see on your screen. It's already up there. And uh, let us know that you have been here. If you have concerns, write us and tell us and we'll try to respond to that. But we're glad everyone is here and we are gathered to celebrate the presence of Jesus Christ. And we're looking forward to what God may do in this service for all of us. Mike Lee may not know this yet, but he's going to come and lead us in our litany and our, and our invocation. <laughs> Forgot to put it in the bulletin, and, and, and when I didn't see him standing beside me, I knew something was up. So we're going
1: to. <laughs> all right, would you join me with me in our call to worship? Come, let us worship God, the one revealed through Jesus Christ our Lord. Come, let us worship God with all of our hearts. Come, let us, offer to the Lord. Come, let us worship God with all our souls. Come
0: let, us offer our to the
1: Lord. Come, let us worship the Lord with all of our strength. Come, let us worship the Lord with all our minds. Come, Come, let us worship our God so that we may fully follow Jesus, the Lord of Lords. Let's pray together, shall we? Oh God, you are worthy of our worship, for you are holy. And we have gathered in this place this morning, your people, to express our love and our devotion to you, to worship you, and to lift up the name of Jesus. We come to this sacred place knowing that you're the source of every spiritual blessing. You've chosen us in Christ. You've adopted us into your family. You've redeemed us. You've forgiven us according to the riches of your grace. And we are here by your mercy and grace. And we ask that you would make us aware again of your blessings. But above all, make us conscious of you, the giver of every good and perfect gift. Lord, we pray that during these moments we share together, you would be glorified and honored through our prayers, through our songs, through the proclamation of your word. We pray also that as we worship, we might be transformed, break into our lives, change our minds, change our hearts, change our ways, make us see the world and the whole of life in a new light to fill us with hope and joy and certainty for the future. Give us diligence to seek you wisdom to perceive you, patience to wait for you. Grant us a mind to meditate on you, eyes to behold you, ears to listen for your word, a heart to love you, and a life to proclaim you through the power of the Spirit through Jesus Christ. O God of this place and every place and God of this time and all time, here and now, we praise you and give you the glory that you deserve because you are our God You are holy. You are worthy of our worship and our praise. And it's in the strong name of Jesus that we lift up this prayer. Amen. Let's pray together.
2: Oh, precious God, we thank you so much for these beautiful words and the reminders that we know that you are great and that you are here for us and that we're going to see you again. And so God, right now, I just ask that you calm our hearts and our minds and that the stresses of the week disappear and that we can focus solely on you and on the message and the lessons that you have for us to hear today. God, we know you're in this place and we know that you're with us right now. And so just help us to focus on you and that today's worship will really set us off into a new beautiful week lord let us be a light to others for you this week in your name we pray amen
0: amen great easy everyone, this morning folks last week we started a five-part study called the five practices of fruitful living i wish i could take credit for this but once again mike came up with the idea for this for this uh, series. Most of our life groups are using this series and that includes our Sunday morning life groups and our home groups. And and I think that it is going to be a fine series because it really drives home that these five practices are something that, that at least we believe can, can really make our lives even more fruitful for Jesus. Last week I talked about radical hospitality and how critical that practice is to to for us to become the kind of church that God wants us to be for us to become the kind of Christians that God wants us to be and for us to become the kind of Christians that welcome everyone into God's house and into relationship with Jesus this week our study is going to focus on the practice of fruitful living that is called passionate worship Worship expresses our love for God, it expresses our devotion to God, it reminds us that worship is not about us, it is about God and what we can offer to our God and what we can learn from our God. Our response to God is our love for Him, our love for others, our love for the world Passionate worship can teach us how to love God better and how to do unto others as God would have us do unto ourselves and do for, as we would do for those around us. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 25. Hear these words. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you will live. We've come here today because God has called us to be in this place. I've been the pastor of this church for a quarter of a century. I'm the longest-serving pastor in the history of this church, which means those of you who have been here a long time have heard every thought that I have ever had at least seven or eight times. However... I'm going to start with another one of those thoughts that I know that some of you have heard before. And the reason that I'm using this is because it means something to me, meant something to me when I discovered it years ago, and it means something to me now. I'm starting with the first line of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It says... What is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's a fancy way of saying the chief end of humankind is to worship God and to enjoy being with God. The worship of God isn't an option if you are one who believes in God. It's actually a commandment. The fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. That was a sacred commandment from Moses himself. And, and I grew up in a family that took that literally. I can still remember my parents coming in on Sunday morning and they'd tap me on the shoulder and they'd say, wake up, Tommy, we've got to get ready to go to church. <clears throat> it never crossed my mind that we weren't going to go to church on Sunday. It never crossed my mind that we weren't going to worship God. That was as much of our routine as a family is going to work or going to school and that's how it was with my own kids and my own family as we were coming along. <clears throat> I've had parents tell me, my, my 10-year-old just doesn't want to go to church and it's a fight every Sunday. And so I'm just kind of given up on it. What I want to look at them and say is, my 10-year-old didn't want to go to school either. But they got up every Monday morning and they went just like they were supposed to go church should not be an option it certainly shouldn't be an option for an elementary school kid what parent good parent is going to let their elementary school children decide the priorities of the family that's not something that we are called to do we are called to set the tone and setting the tone means setting the tone for worship as well as everything else in life church just shouldn't be an option why because church is where we learn to worship God and it's where we learn about God's love and God's grace. Moses was on to something when he made this a commandment. Worship is important. It's one of the most important lessons that we can learn for ourselves. It's one of the most important lessons that we can teach our children. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't see it that way. The cold, hard reality is worship attendance is declining in America. And the pandemic has just made that worse. But what's interesting is even with the pandemic and even with the decline that we've been seeing especially since the year 2000 still nearly 40% of americans attend worship on a regular basis that's the highest percentage of any industrialized nation i wish that percentage were 55% like it was when i started in the ministry and i wish we had as many people coming to church on sunday morning here as as we did before covid-19 but We need to give thanks for our blessings in this church. When we came back to in person worship after COVID 19, our average attendance from July to October was 52. Now we're back and scratching at 300 and it's not quite what it was before COVID, but it's a lot more than it was for a while and our church is growing and we are baptizing new believers into the faith. Why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because even in a day when worship attendance is declining, we still have this sense that the worship of God is important. I ran into somebody recently that I hadn't seen at church in a long time, so I invited them back to church. When I did, they were clearly embarrassed that they hadn't been to church, but it's what they said after that that grabbed my attention. They said, I know we ought to be there, but it just got easy to stay at home, so we've taken the easy route. What they basically said was, I know worship is important, but I just don't want to do it. If we're going to succeed for Jesus, we have to find a way to combat that kind of attitude. And I think at least one way to do that is by offering passionate worship as a routine of our church. Most of you know that that I love history. And one of the things that I learned in a class called the history of faith is that when archaeologists discovered the, the cave paintings of the ancient cave dwellers, those paintings showed an awareness of something that was beyond them, something that Eric Rust called the holy other. They didn't understand what it was the way that we understand it, but they had a sense that there was something divine out there and they had a sense that they needed to worship it, that they needed to recognize it. Until this day, some of the most primitive tribes in the world, some of the most isolated tribes, they all have one thing in common. They all have a sense of something divine and they've all worked some rudimentary way of worshiping that. If the most primitive people in history can sense the presence of God, then why is it so hard for us to worship a God that we can know personally through Jesus Christ? I'm not sure I have the answer to that question. I'm not sure I have the answer to a lot of questions, but I am sure of this. Passionate worship is an essential element for fruitful living. If we're going to be a spirit filled people, we have to be a worshiping people because worship is the primary way that we express our love to God and that we open ourselves up to the God's love that we can filter out to the people around us. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, We need to open our hearts to God in a spirit of worship. Why? Because worship brings us together with God and it helps us to see ourselves and to see the world through God's eyes. And when we see ourselves and the world the way God sees it, it helps us to love God with a passion. It helps us to love ourselves the way God wants us to love ourselves. It helps us to love others the way God wants us to love others. Passionate worship helps us to become one with God. And when that happens, the presence of God helps us to overcome our personal prejudices against others it helps us to to want to invest in the world the way that Jesus wants us to invest in it it helps us to be able to sort out the things that really matter from the things that don't matter as much in other words the worship of God changes us Worship is a pipeline for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can reconcile relationships. It can give hope when we are feeling hopeless. It can, it can keep us from acting like jerks when we would really like to act like jerks. It can temper our arrogance in life. It can heal our souls. It can stimulate spiritual growth. It can transform us from the inside out. I've told you before that my very first ministry was done in a county jail. My pastor got me involved in that jail ministry. And and even back then, I thought that was a strange place for a teenager to start a ministry. Looking at it from hindsight now, John Allen was a very wise man. Because what that taught me was, if you could inspire true, passionate worship in a house of criminals, you could see in short order the difference that that could make. It's not always easy for us to look at each other and see the difference that Jesus is making in our lives. We're all very similar. We, we, we all look similar. We, we live in similar neighborhoods. We live in similar houses. A lot of us have similar views on things in life. So when we look around at each other, it takes a while for us to actually see the difference that faith is making in us. It takes a while for us to see the transformation that God is trying to bring. But I'm telling you folks, when you're holding worship in a county jail and there's a young man there who just killed somebody two nights before and all of a sudden in the middle of the worship service they break out in tears and they start begging God for forgiveness and they start begging God to help them make something worthwhile out of a life that they've turned into a mess I'm telling you, it'll change you from the inside out in a hurry. It's a great place for us to be able to see the power of passionate worship and to know the difference it can make. John had me start in that jail because he wanted me to see that power as much as I could, as fast as I could, because he knew it would set a foundation for the future. It would help me to see with my own eyes the difference that Passionate worship and the Spirit of God can make. True worship happens when we offer our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength to God in love. And when true worship does happen, it can change everything for us, it can remodel everything in our lives, it can recreate our souls. True worship convicts us of our sins and brings a sorrowful sense to us in the midst of it. And it reorients our lives. It turns us upward toward God and then outward toward each other. It connects us to heaven and then it calls us to care about earth and the people of the earth. True worship honors God. It's not about how we dress. It's not about the style of music that we have. It's not about whether we have a praise band or a choir. Worship is about God and our relationship to God. It's about taking the time to focus on God so we can experience God's love for us. So we can find the wisdom that we need to love others the way God has loved us. To love others the way we love ourselves, to actually care about ourselves and to try to take care of ourselves. <coughs> Worship is a pipeline for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a pipeline to God's wisdom. Worship connects us to both of those, it unites us in a spirit of longing and in a spirit of learning. It pulls us together to search for what it is that God wants us to know about his son, what he wants us to know about ourselves, and what he wants us to accomplish as an empowered people that's called the church. God wants us to to have a relationship with him. He wants to have a relationship with us. Passionate worship is a tool that God uses to draw us to Jesus Christ, to draw us to himself, to draw us together as a people. That man that I saw in the grocery store who hadn't been to church for a while, I saw him again about a month after that. When I did, he said, Tommy, I want to thank you for wanting us to come back to church. I know God wants us to be there. I just wish I wanted to be with God as much as I used to want to be with God. My response to that man came to me just like that. I looked at him and I said, David, does God want you, but you're not going to want God the way you should until you come back to the place where miracles are the most likely to happen. Miracles usually happen in miracle territory. So you need to come back to miracle territory because true worship produces the miracle of God's love meeting our souls. And when you discover that somebody loves you, you usually start to fall in love with that person. We need to worship God because nothing can satisfy our souls except being at one with God, being at one with the God who loves us. One of the most likely places to discover that is in a place of worship we've just come through the holiday season and the last element of that holiday season was epiphany sunday the day when we focus on the coming of the wise men as they were searching for jesus those magi those persian astrologers may not have known it at the time but what they were actually looking for was the meaning of life They had a longing for something more. And that longing had caused those men to follow that star to Bethlehem. They knew that star had eternal significance. They knew that the king of the world was supposed to be born through the Hebrew people. And they knew that the sign that that baby had been born was going to be a new star in the sky. When they saw that star, they started to follow that star And when they did, they found that child of promise and hope. The first thing they did when they found that child was they knelt down and they worshiped him. They honored the king of heaven with their worship. True worship inspires people. It brings out the best in people. Those wise men didn't just go to Jesus and fall on their knees. They went to Jesus. They fell on their knees. They worshiped the Lord. And then they offered Jesus the very best gifts that they had to offer, the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those were expensive gifts. They were not the kind of gifts that people like the Magi would have had an abundance of. But they offered Jesus the best they had to offer. But they didn't just offer Jesus those material gifts. They offered him something else. Those men offered Jesus the gifts of their minds and of their faith. Herod told those men to go find Jesus and then to come back and tell him where Jesus was so he could go and worship him as well. Herod didn't want to worship Jesus. He wanted to kill Jesus. And he would have killed Jesus if those wise men hadn't given their minds in faith to God. Those men opened their minds to the leading of God's spirit. And when they did, God told them in a dream not to trust Herod. And so they followed God in faith and they went home by a new direction. Those wise men were the very first people to discover that true worship always, always takes us in a new direction that leads to life. Not death, but life. John Weber once said, worship is a verb, but it's not a passive verb. It's an active verb. It's not just something that's done for us. It's something that we do. God did something miraculous for those wise men. And that miracle inspired those wise men to listen to God's voice and to follow it on the way of life. It inspired them to do something for Jesus that saved his life and that gave him 33 years of life that would change the world. True worship inspires us to get involved in the celebration of life. it's, It's putting ourselves in the best possible place to experience the party and the wonder of God's grace. It's us putting ourselves in the best possible place to experience God's word and God's call. Yes, we can meet God in a lot of other places besides in the worship of God. We can meet him in the golf course, we can meet him in our living room, we can meet him on the highway, we can meet him in nature on a nature hike. I try to meet God every day. I write a devotional that I put out to the church, and I spend 30 to 45 minutes every day thinking that through and, and coming up with ways to communicate what I'm learning from God. And, and I spend time in prayer doing that. I meet God in more ways and more places than just in this room. But this is a place that's special. We don't go to those other places. We don't go to the golf course. We don't go on a a nature hike. We don't go to our living room. We don't go to any of those places just to meet God. This is the place where we come just to meet God in worship and in learning. This is the place where we go to search for God and to listen for his voice Worship is the one place where we can make a regular appointment to connect with God and to listen to what God has to say to us. I've told you before that my time in Atlanta was a very difficult time. I I was pastoring a church that, that I was rather miserable trying to pastor. I became very depressed in that situation. One of the things that brought me through that situation was going to a counselor who was a former pastor who had been in a situation that was very much like mine. I went to that counselor for two years. That regular appointment made a huge difference for me. I ran into Don Cabanus in a restaurant one day and we had a very good visit. We sat down we talked about our families. It was a very good meeting, but it wasn't like meeting with him in his office. I enjoyed the time that I spent with him, but I found hope and healing when I went to that regular appointment at a special place that was dedicated to hope and healing. If you want to find fruitful living, make a regular appointment to worship God at a special place that's dedicated to bringing us into oneness with God. When we meet every week in this place to sing and to pray... It represents a conscious choice to to form a rhythm of engagement with God. And that rhythm keeps us centered on Jesus Christ. And if you're centered on Jesus, you'll find the kind of life that nothing else in this world can give you. Also down in Atlanta, there's a big church down there that's called the Ray of Hope Christian Center. It's a predominantly African-American church, but it was actually started by both African-American and white individuals. When they had their very first service down there, Dr. Fred Craddock, who was a professor of preaching at Emory University, went to that service because his wife was one of the people who had helped start that church. They started that church in one of the very worst neighborhoods in all of Atlanta. They all became convinced that if they could have a good church in that neighborhood and it could give a positive witness for the love of God, that things would begin to change there and that's exactly what has happened. When Fred went to that very first service, it was a wonderful worship service. When they got through, the entire crowd went outside to have a picnic. When they got outside, the pastor told them to join hands for the blessing. And so Fred reached over and he got the hand of one person on this side. And then on to his left was a little African-American boy. So he reached down to take the little boy's hand. But when he did, the little boy backed off from Fred and he looked at him and he said, Are you a bad man? Fred said, no, I'm not a bad man. So the boy very reluctantly gave Fred his hand. When the prayer was over, the little boy's daddy came over and he said, I'm sorry, my son said that to you. He's just doing what I taught him to do. I've taught him since he was born that all white people were evil. Fred said, that's okay, but why did you teach him that? He said, because that's what I was taught. That's what my daddy taught me. And the reason my daddy taught me that was because his daddy had been lynched years before by a group of white men. And so he became convinced that all white people were evil and he just passed it down to me. And I've been passing it right down to my son. Fred looked at me and he said, so what's changed? The man said, one Sunday we went to our black church and all of a sudden this white man stood up to preach. I was furious. He said, I couldn't believe that our black pastor had invited this white man to preach in our church. But when that man started preaching, he told about how God had changed his life. He told about how he was a dedicated racist and a member of the Ku Klux Klan. But then he met this godly black woman who made it a determination of her life to make friends with this racist Ku Klux Klan member and He said she wouldn't give up until he became a friend of hers, and that black woman led that white man to faith and and so He went out of his way to come to our church to tell his story. He said, their friendship became a Jesus friendship. He said, that man preached the word of God with fire that day. And by the time he got finished, he had convinced me that I had been wrong about everything in my life. So I gave my life to Jesus that day. And now I'm helping start this new church as a symbol of my new start with God. And now I've got to try to undo what I did to my son because my boy needs to see the love of God instead of the sin of his father. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Passionate worship brings us to God's love. And God's love can change everything starting with us. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come to you today to celebrate your presence, to know your grace. We come to you today to turn our hearts to you in worship and to believe that through you, We can connect to the Spirit of God itself, and and that connection can bring us wisdom. It can bring us hope. It can bring us healing. Most of all, it can bring us a changed life. It can make us want to live a better life, a fuller life, a, a life of faith, a life of meaning. It can remind us that there's nowhere that we're going to go where we're going to be separated from you. So Lord, I pray that as we come here today that we will meet face to face with your love and we will find the wonder and the celebration, the pure joy that comes in walking in that love. Help us to know that no matter who we have been, where we have been, what we have done, you're still on our side because you see us as your children. The only thing we have to do to live into being part of the family is just believe that our God Our Father wants us. Help us, Lord, to be willing to admit in our souls that you are what's missing for some of us. and Help us be willing to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Fill my life with your grace and with your love. Help me to focus my very existence on you and help me to be at one with you, to worship you, to trust you, to believe in you, to follow you, because you will never lead us astray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. If you've come here today and you want to give your life to Jesus and be a candidate for baptism, we would love to have you. You can come and tell me. You can tell any of the deacons that you see here in our church. You can tell any other staff member. We'll be happy to try to help you. If you want to join our church and be on mission with us let us know that we'd be happy to make that happen as well if you've got issues that you need us to know about come tell us that too we'll try to help with it as best we can today we're leaving this place to go into the world the temperature may be cold but the spirit that we have within us is hot let us take it into the world and let us believe that god's love can change everything Now may the Lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace this day and every day now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you everyone.